0: Well, I thought today what we would do, Ben, is we've talked a lot about, uh, even on this podcast, I went back and I looked at, I forget which episode we were, dis- we were talking about de- uh, developer platform marketing, and we even brought up things like backstage and, and things like that. But, and I think maybe even a year ago, I maybe it was even you, we had a discussion of it, but I wanted, uh, just for my own whatever's, benefits, I guess is the, the phrase I'm looking for. You and I were talking about backstage a while back a couple weeks ago and uh, I was, I was realizing that I have a lot of misperceptions about what backstage does and what it's, it's uh, components are. So I thought that would be a good, a good discussion here. Check in on not only, I think, I think since you've been spending a lot of time on it recently, and we should mention as we did at the end of last episode, that you're going to be at uh, backstage con uh, in the States, in the United States, America, as we like to call it, I've noticed when Americans leave uh, the, the, the boundaries of America, we say the States. And then when we go back, we say America, like it's a, it's, it's kind of like a, it's a very telling thing you'll notice with Americans because, you know, I think, I, I don't know how it is in, in your, your, uh, your domicile, but I think the thing is, well, this is quite the digression, but I think the thing is when you, we have this thing in America where you're not supposed to act too special. I know that sounds weird to the rest of the world, uh, cause we're always doing that, but it's almost like to say um, that,
1: I'm, and we've seen your TV.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. But, but it's, it's, it's almost like if you were talking with a, uh, a fellow American, you don't want to be show offy and be like, Oh, well, you know, the way we behave here in the States, right? It's just like, what are you talking about? The States, maybe other people can talk about it, but when we're here, you just say America instead of being all fancy i wonder if
1: europeans do it do europeans do it do they go to the states and then start talking about in the union
0: yeah in the union (laughs) (laughs) exactly that would be great you know i would (laughs) or 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 well here's you we can test with you when you go abroad do you say back at the kingdom
1: (laughs) (laughs) it makes it sound like it's game of thrones or something doesn't it
0: yeah and you know i have never heard someone from the uk say the kingdom
1: no no, I don't think <laughs> it's I just like either. nope, yeah. we don't. <laughs> no. Maybe we should. Uh, Maybe we should.
0: That could start today anyhow. Well, I fre- Oh, you're going to be at backstage con. When when is that going to be? Uh
1: I think it's November 6th. November 6th in Chicago. Uh the over. states. In the states, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which i'm very excited about i've never been to chicago before so i'm looking forward mm. to that very much uh yeah. yeah yeah it's going to be great there's a there's a packed lineup you can uh, find all about it online we'll we'll put a link in the show notes uh, so you can see the schedule and it's the i think it's the day before it's an adjacent mm. to kubecon so then the day after kubecon all right
0: so. Uh, oh and then to you'll to get a pass well. to that as well i think right like it's yeah not, it's all in pass oh well that will be fun so consequently you you you're very knowledgeable uh, backstage now uh, and at, at least you know uh more knowledgeable than the other like you know five billion minus one people in the world <laughs> so you've got you've got <laughs> you got a leg up on most of them
1: <laughs> i wouldn't claim to be the most knowledgeable no but it, there you go my I'm enjoying what I'm learning about uh, backstage, and I'm learning more all the time. And and yeah, it's a it's a great uh, system. It's good.
0: So so let's let's. I was thinking instead of doing my usual uh, monologue barrage question, that I I would try to do I would try to do it in the proper way, which is a- ask very short questions, and 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 then I'll get to a barrage at some point. I'll I'll, I'll come in and try to fill in, with with what's there. So. Here's here's what I want to I want to start with, because I know I said I wouldn't do this. I'm giving this is context, not barrage that I've been thinking a lot over the past few months about how um, whenever people explain something. And this is particularly true in in our type of tech marketing and kind of enterprise marketing, um, that it's very easy to slip into just talking about the outcomes that some technology achieves for you, what it does for you. And instead of just like the capabilities that the technology has, like what, 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 what it does, not, not the result that it has for you. And oftentimes, or, or sometimes those two can be the same, right? Like let's, let's take an example and uh, outside of the, uh, the backstage world, and then we'll get into backstage, but like, you know, you could talk about uh, a database and you could say what a data does is it allows you to store and retrieve data information and it will also allow you to search for it and get pieces of that, that, that data. And then it has some performance characteristics about how much it can store and how long it takes to retrieve things. And like, it won't lose your data. I mean, you know, those are capabilities that a database has along with all sorts of other stuff. Or you could speak about databases in terms of their capabilities and be like, "It will allow your organization to discover uh, all sorts of latent facts and insights that that your your organization has, and therefore make business decisions around it." Right? And the outcome-based stuff is kind of handy, right? Like I would I would say that developer productivity can be an outcome, right, of of almost any technology but it, it's very easy to kind of slip into uh, reverse ascribing what a technology has based on the outcomes that you're being told about it, right? So if you're just told that a database is gonna increase your developer productivity, it's just participating with a whole lot of other things in that it's not necessarily doing a lot of it anyhow. So I, I realized that like with Backstage, I think I've been a little too weighted on the outcomes that it has and and I need to kind of go back to just knowing what the capabilities are. And to start with that, to go at the, the extreme end of outcome marketing is the bottoms up, what's the bucket of features? What's the actual architecture that something has? And and just like, you know, what it is. And so maybe we should start with that. So if we look at Backstage as like like the bits, like let's say you download it, <laughs> I, and and like you're installing it and configuring it, and then it's composed of, I don't even know the words it would use, but it's composed of like, let's call it services or subcomponents. Like, what are the things, what are the components of Backstage?
1: Okay, so um, yeah, you can, you can download Backstage uh, very easily. It's open source software. You can get it from uh, GitHub. And when you do that and uh, and you try and, and you run it for the first time, uh, as I did recently, you learn that it is built from a whole bunch of componentry. And all of that is sort of glued together by some um, existing frameworks, things like React and TypeScript. And uh, it, it, you would access it through a browser once you sort of brought it up. Mm. So... Um, yeah, it's very. That means that it's also quite adaptable. So it's it's built internally of a whole bunch of kind of plugins, if you like. So it's got this plugin architecture where all these different modules are coming together. And a very basic sort of backstage, out of the box, you'll get some um, capabilities that will allow you to. Um, Store a software catalog. So a software catalog might describe the catalog of software that you've produced over the years in your organization. So it could refer to say microservices, you might have a catalog that's filled with all your microservices and stuff. It also gives you some uh, features that allow you to do things like sharing documentation on those um, software components that you've built. Uh, so that other people can then, you know, understand how they work and how they um, fit together. And then uh, also uh, you would get things like... Oh, my mind's gone blank. Uh, all sorts of other metadata about those uh, systems. So so things like APIs, for example, you might uh, be able to uh, register components with the Backstage software and be able to understand then what are the APIs that those components uh, give you, and then uh, be able to maybe interact with those APIs so you can understand more about uh, the software that's available in your organization. Why you would do all this is because it's it's for enterprises, right? So So Backstage is for enterprises, really. It's not something that a, a, a small group of developers, I think, would gain as much benefit from as a large group of developers. So if you've got a large group of developers or maybe you're geographically split in different locations, then having somewhere where you can congregate is a really useful thing. Um, Backstage provides that through through a UI that, um, as I said, can be can be modified in lots of different ways using a plug-in architecture. So it's very very popular for larger groups of developers to use to be able to share information about what they're working on, but also. Get visibility into what others have done and and how uh, the systems that the organization is building are integrated together and and uh are composed and, and react to each other
0: so so that so at, at the that like what you described is like the out of the box sort of sort of experience if you will and and to summarize it to make sure that that i got it right uh essentially you, when it's up and running, and and I'm adding in all sorts of other stuff that I I think I know. You then have a uh, a bunch of web pages uh, that basically list out, as you say, it's it's a it's a UI for like a catalog, and a catalog means we'll use this phrase for it. The all of the various projects that you might have within an organization. So to use to use a simple example, um, let's say that you're a bank. And let's, let's, let's just narrow down to the retail banking unit and in the retail banking unit, like you're going to log you, you, me, I assume you have a bank. Maybe you bank at the mattress bank, but you know, you, you (laughs) and me, like, uh, like we go to our bank site, we log in somehow. And then we're presented with like the ledger, like the here's, here's our account and here's like all the transactions. And then we also have like. We can, depending on what country and regulations you live in, we can pay bills, as we would say in the states, or you can do transfers of money, as we would say in the union. Um, and, you know, you th- those are basic functionalities you have. And there's other stuff, but let's just we'll stick with those two basic functions. So if this bank has a backstage thing, I've identified, you know, at least three components logging into the bank, uh, looking at my ledger and then we'll just say transfers. So I would go to the backstage instance that I have, and there would be in the catalog, and again, there would be many others in a properly architected, blah, 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 but we'll keep it simple. There would be three items in the catalog, login, uh, ledger. Is ledger even the right word? We'll just keep going with it. Ledger transfers, right? Yeah.
1: Account, account or ledger. Yeah. Yeah. Look at your account. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, you would see uh, in in the catalog, you would be able to then uh, break that down into the components and and the the parts that are involved in providing. Let's say it's a microservice architecture. You know, maybe there's other microservices as well. Things like I don't know, fraud detection, or um, exactly, stuff like that. Yep. So, yeah. So so there'd be a whole bunch of of stuff in there, but by having a GUI that you can have a look at. It allows you then to explore and discover more about what's going on around you. So maybe you didn't know there was already a a fraud um, microservice and you're working on something new that requires that. So it'd be a great place to go and discover more information about it. You can have a look in the catalog. You can find out. Um, who owns that application? Perhaps that you you're newly discovering. You know who, which which team inside your organization is responsible for it. Mm-hmm. Um, you might be able to find out information on its APIs and how to interact with it.
0: And and so so like so. Let, let, I want to get to that. I'm interrupting here, but I want to get to that. Is so the other you're getting into the other thing you mentioned, which is the metadata, uh, which is for example who owns this project, like, and and I, I think. Also, the again, the out of the box experience maybe would tell you something like, what is the current production release of the project of, of the accounts like right? And then uh, where where's the documentation for? And then, like you're saying, who who could I email? <laughs> right? like like who who are the the actual people who are in charge of this thing such that I could talk with them? And then, you know, you could imagine. And, and again, you know, we have our simple three part thing, but just as, you know, you can imagine the reality of things, like you were saying, you would have fraud detection and blah, 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 but you could imagine another type of metadata would be, um, doing these transfers, the the current state of the transfer project or, 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 or component in the catalog, it can pass regulations for running in the UK and in the European union. Like that might be other I don't know am I am I going too far that that would be metadata you would have in there as well
1: it's, it's very flexible so you can change a lot of uh, what you store in these entities so you can you can make them as rich as you want to but um, there's also the flexibility of something like tech docs so tech docs mm. is another part of the backstage application where you've you've basically got free will you know you can document anything you like about the components that you're working right on, that you're sharing with others right so that gives you a very rich platform from which you can do things like explain how the, how the component works you know or allow people to um maybe get started with it and learn how to actually use it or maybe it's more about, you know, what, uh, as you were saying, which um, regulations it's conformant with and how that conformance was tested and all that sort of stuff. You can have a free reign over what information you provide in a, in a tech doc.
0: So I, I would assume then the, the so you got a catalog, we got our three components, and there's also metadata knocking around, uh, probably assigned each of the catalog items Did it what what's the word they use for that is that called a project or a uh
1: so catalogs broken down into lots and lots of sort of categories if you like um categories would include things like Overarching systems, individual components, APIs, but also users, groups as well. So you can model your organization. So you could say, "Oh, this belongs to this group," or "This belongs to user." And there's lots of flexibility there. So there's lots of. Uh, Okay. Okay.
0: Well, this 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 starts to answer you know the question that that's scurrying around in my head is like, well, why don't you just have like a well structured wiki page? Or I don't really know what a Jira is, but I think that's a Wiki page, right? I mean, and and like I think in what you were just saying, there's another thing that comes with with uh backstage, which is um well, it's not just the conventions and the norms of how you use it, but there's actual like entities about here is a person, here's a user, and here is like uh you know, the other stuff you were saying. Here is like a system that things might run in. So right away backstage is making decisions about the nouns in your enterprise architecture, right? Like it's saying, you're gonna care about, there's gonna be teams of people, teams of people are composed of, I assume it has groups. Here's a group, a group is composed of people. You don't really usually break down people into like, you know, their organs and things like that. So a person's like a cul-de-sac of an entity, but here's like a person uh, and then each of the the catalog items, like the project or whatever, like they have people associated with it. And then so right away because it has that in its architecture or it's uh, what, what what's the phrase for this? not its it, It's like it's data model or something. I don't know what the kids call this anymore.
1: Yeah, I guess in, you know, in in Kubernetes, for folks used to using Kubernetes, it's like kinds, right? There's all these different kinds Mm. of things, kinds of entities, yeah. So, uh, you know, resource would be another one where you can...
0: Right, and then uh, then like you're saying, APIs. or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, and and that's... And that maybe... Tell me if that's a good example for me to like like, uh, overly diagnose or not understand here is... So you could imagine if you had, quote unquote, just a wiki, <laughs> right? Like you could establish and every, you know, you could establish the conventions that use a wiki Every for the, um, uh, the, the, the login, the ledger and the transfer thing. They each need a wiki page that like keeps the following up today about who's working on it, what the current version is like, you just go in there and update it. Right. And that's part of your governance process to do that. And like,
1: yeah. Certainly now it really works, right
0: right, right no, no exactly. and that that's what the, your 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 tone and your sentiment is like <laughs> ex- exactly is the thing, right. So then it's like, well, what we've learned over the decades is that people will not follow unenforced conventions. It's just like it won't happen. So in they won't and instead, you want to build into your tool, Kind of like a compiler doesn't let you like compile bad code, like you enforce you have to do these things in this way, right? And and for example, because we have a microservice, we have a modern day contemporary microservices architecture, which means uh, if you if the if you if the transfer thing wants to check what your current balance is to see if you can transfer money, it's going to need to get an API to your account. Like that's the only way it's going to happen. So therefore, the way that we do our programming is you have to use APIs, right? Which I think everyone kind of takes for gr- granted now, maybe. But like, you don't have to do things that way, <laughs> right? Like you could you could you could interact through different means or, or whatever, right? You could connect directly to a database and look things up instead of going through an API. Blah blah blah. So right there, there's a there's like. Like that seems like a key, very important assumption about reality that Backstage is making and making for you is you will have APIs and that will be the way that all of your different projects communicate with each other. And the reason that's good is because like a wiki doesn't care. So like there's no way to kind of like make how you document and find and discover APIs all the same and more or less like enforce that people talk about that
1: yeah there's definitely there's some truth in that i would i would say backstage is more flexible than that like you can register components that don't have an api that's fine mm, right, right. no problem with that at all i think where where backstage blows a wiki out of the water is its ability to integrate with things and display in real time what's going on as well so that right so that through right. through for example the plugin architecture You know, if your platform is Kubernetes, then you can have a view of, okay, which applications do I have currently running in Kubernetes and what sort of status are they in, that sort of thing. So you'll never, you you don't get that from a wiki. Right.
0: Right. Um, Okay. So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: Same with like documentation as code, right? You can store the documentation next to the code. You could have um, a supply chain or a CI chain or whatever that is essentially Mm -hmm. building that documentation every time the code gets built so that you're always up to date with your documentation. There's no no lag like there is with wikis often where, you know, oh yeah, it's three years out of date because no one's actually been back to update (laughs) that
0: recently. (laughs) right right speaking of updating sounds like you have an incoming update well so so this this gets so there's two other branches to go there so i guess like like one way of putting it that's not too helpful is that backstage is custom built around this scenario of as you were saying in a larger organization we have multiple teams who kind of own some component the the login page the ledger page or the transfer page, like the teams, uh, own this. And like you're saying it's optional, but they're probably going to communicate with each other through APIs. And so therefore they're going to need to look up APIs and know how to integrate with and look at documentation. So backstage is just like, let's build up a whole collaboration suite built around that. And then also, uh, and, and then I'm, I'm getting to the plugin thing. The other thing is that like, we want to automate updating that information as much as possible, right? So when a new release goes out, we don't want to make a task to have like, you know, it's always going to be a junior developer. I don't think the senior developers are like, I want to go update a wiki. That's a good use of my time. Like, uh, you know, they probably got something else to do. Uh, And so like, you know, you you basically go to the junior developer and you're like, oh, you got to run uh, the document generation thing and hook it up into the wiki thing to make sure it's updated. And let's, let's do that now. I'm sure someone could argue like, oh, we have a wiki and you can just run a script and automate all of that and put it in your 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 Jenkins pipeline or, or, or whatnot because I'm sure they talk like that. But the point being that Backstage is like, let me just do all that for you. Like there is this way of doing cloud native application development where we assume all these things are happening. And in the same way that you might say that like, you know, if you're using one of our platforms, what we're trying to do is give you out of the box conventions, whether it's an opinion or an accelerator or an app engine or whatever, we're like, sure, you can customize it, but how about you don't? (laughs) Right? Like this is just like the default way of working and thinking about stuff. And you should just start using that instead of coming up with your own like conventions and ways of doing things.
1: Well, yeah, I think I think backstage is, you know, part of the beauty of backstage is that it models a common need. Like I said, if you have mm. a large group of developers, you always needed some way to be able to share information and collaborate on the stuff that you're building. You can't, there's no other way to do it efficiently than to be able to share all that information. So the choice was always, you know, well, what do we do? How do we share this information? And that's where you end up with a lot of wikis and Jira's and Word documents and, you know, um, shared folders on network Mm. drives, right? (laughs) Remember all that stuff? Yeah. Holy crap. So so you know it's like that's that's how it used to be done but it was very fragmented it was all over the place it was never usually up to date it also didn't have that sort of real time aspect of well right. you know I want to integrate it with my monitoring software or I want to integrate it with my platform so I can see what's running where and it didn't you know it didn't have all of that stuff so rather than everyone building their own and having their own ideas you know the backstage community has come together to try and build a representation of what large groups of developers actually want and need and yeah. made it flexible enough that you can then cherry pick which bits you want to use and which bits you want to offer to your development teams
0: so so okay so so basically it's like like uh, maybe not on purpose at the beginning but this is kind of scurrying around at the moment is there is an attempt to make a de facto standard for how in, in a biggish organization, you represent the catalog of all the, the, the projects and APIs that you have, right? Like, unless, so, so for example, let's, let's imagine a world where quote unquote, everyone uses backstage to solve this problem, right? Like, like, unless you try in, unless the, an or unless you try to like do something different all of the organizations using it will have a very similar approach to how they do that kind of collaboration among teams, right? They'll, the, if they just use the out-of-the-box way of representing these things in backstage, here's a project, here's the people, here's like the APIs, this is the way the documentation works, here's the way you integrate into your automated build process so you always have the most recent tech docs and things like that. And in theory, if you went, again, if you were just using the mostly out-of-the-box, not customizing it, If you went from one organization to another organization that was using backstage, you would be like, ah, yes, I know what's going on here. Like I don't have to learn a whole new set of conventions. It's so forth. Like in general, I think now back when I was programming and probably also nowadays, people don't come up with like crazy exotic ways to do version control. They're sort of like, yeah, we follow the same conventions and norms, we just there's no reason to have customized version control. So you have a similar type of effect. Um, and so then and and I think this is where things for me get get into that outcome versus capability thing. So then you've got the whole plugin architecture. So 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 go over that or, or is or is this older java people would call it maybe the portlet architecture where, where you're <laughs> uh, you're plugging things in there. But like what is what what do they even call it and what is this Plugin extension SDK, like like what's going on with that that part of the backstage world?
1: Yeah, I think I think you nailed it actually. In in the question, uh, it <laughs> well, is kind thank of, you. <laughs> it is very kind of thinking about it. It is kind of portlet like uh, the way that it's currently architected. Um, i'll be honest i wish it wasn't architected that way (laughs) but that's kind of how it how it feels in Mm. that um you do have a lot of freedom you can create a plugin for you know almost anything you can think of really and 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 have that integrated into the backstage gui depending on you know how how much um, how much effort you can put into it how much knowledge you have about how it works and stuff so it's easy to do you can you can you know grab there's a whole marketplace full of um uh, different uh, ready made plugins which can just go and sort of cherry pick from and integrate mm. them into your backstage but that's the important bit the minute you sort of have to know how to integrate them into your backstage and for me that feels like it's a bit of a barrier to entry to sort of cherry picking freely amongst the different Components that are in the in the uh, backstage marketplace for uh, for plugins, for for example, it's not as easy as say like on your phone. You know, you want a new app, you just go to the store, you click an app, it gets installed, and then you start using it. It's right. not as e- it's not as easy as that yet, and I, I'm I'm pretty sure that's where the backstage community would like to get to at some point in the future. But it's not like that at the moment. However, that said, still a brilliant system because the rest of the UI has been thought about and has been standardised. So you're not having to build every button, bell widget. You can start with a ready-made set of um, components that will allow you to, you know, build up pages right. and do various different, um, you know, GUI uh, uh, things with your with your plugin. So if you if you If the plugin that you want doesn't exist, you can create one. In order to create one, you're probably going to need programmers with some experience of things like um, React and TypeScript, for example. Um, in order to be able to sort of hit the ground uh, running on that, and then of course lots of back, uh, docsta- uh, backstage documentation to be uh, to be had, which is good. You know, it's a it's a nicely documented system. They've done a good job of the documentation. There's some great stuff to get you started. Um, so yeah, it's possible, uh, and and a lot of people are doing it, including ourselves.
0: Well, well so so let's let's pick uh, a plugin. And, and use that to explore like what the deal with plugins is. Right. Cause I, I, think, I think the outcome is, is pretty open-ended. It's like, and, and, and I'll, I'll put it in very simple terms, as far as it's open-endedness is like you make a plugin and of course there's probably headless ones, but you make a plugin and now there's a new little component in your UI that does something and, and, you know, like, and so I think, I think a very popular type of plugin that maybe even comes with bundled with backstage now is like metrics of some sort. Right. Like, and, and like, I remember, you know, uh, when Spotify was talking about backstage several years ago, there was one presentation where they had one that I thought was fascinating. (laughs) This is how exciting our enterprise software world has been that the following is fascinating. Uh, (laughs) But, but they, they made, I think a plugin that would on every project page. So again, just imagine the account, the ledger and the transfer project page it just had a little i don't know what they call this in backstage a little widget a little part of the ui that either said they were running the most recent version of python or they needed to upgrade to the most recent version of python so let we can translate this into our world at least a world that you know more about like there's some new version of spring boot out Right, or or like, or like maybe you're like we don't want to pay. Uh, we don't want to pay for our Oracle JVM when it comes out, so we need to set up a compliance thing that we're going to move to uh, that great VM that I can buy from the VMware Tanzu people and get support for inst- instead. So I, whoever cares about this thing, I'm going to create a plugin, and and, and I'm going to go over the scenario and tell me if I'm just making up fantasy stuff. But I'm going to make a backstage plugin that will get added to all the projects. That, that use uh, Java and it's gonna figure out if the current version of that project is using the Oracle VM or the, the VMware VM. And it's gonna display that on the page so that the people know, so you've got an information radiator. And then also I'm gonna be able to query that and figure out uh, which teams I need to go talk with when. And that would be the whole plugin. Is that like, is that a plugin?
1: It could be, yeah, I, I, I see no reason why it couldn't be.
0: Yeah. And and then so okay so let's say I have I've got nothing but a wonderful idea. And uh sure. I know TypeScript and React whatever that is. That sounds like a bunch of nonsense that people younger than me have come up with, but that's fine. And like so then what do, what do I do? What, what like and you don't have to like say then you type x underscore hmm. 32 semicolon. But like you know <laughs> like like what what's the general stream of activities that I go through to get to the point where that ha- that happens where there's a little there's a little red light a little red yellow or green uh, image on each project page and then every Monday I'm sent a report that tells me like what what things are uh, on the new VM versus not on the new JVM.
1: I guess I guess your first part of call would be to figure out which APIs you need in order to be able to surface that information. Right, so a couple of choices available, I guess. Um, Backstage components are very often uh, linked directly to a GitHub um, location or or a GitLab location, you know, some sort of Git location, public or private. Um, Maybe you could figure it out from there. Maybe for a Java project, you could have a look at um, how it's built. Is it built with Maven or Gradle? If it's uh, built with those two things, uh, you know, grab the POM for the Maven, for example, see if you can figure out okay which version of spring does this have should it have a different one uh you could then establish in the plugin so so it comes down to apis i guess if you wanted to know like at runtime what's running where or maybe what containers have got what maybe you need a container layer so perhaps you'd use some sort of harbor plugin or something to try and figure out okay what containers have I got? What layers do they have in them? Which one's got this layer that you know is problematic that I need to improve on? So it and is- and now now
0: to, now to 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 interrupt you. So this this feels like I'm getting close to the realm of like Kote's making stuff up because it sounds good. But it seems like like my perception of backstage is that like it would already know all those things, or at least there would be a convention and out of the, the box backstage that said if the project and tell me if project is the wrong thing, if, if the, the, the login page, the, the ledger and the transfer project that, uh, it, the metadata in it should always know the version of the JVM that it's running. It's just like in there, like, like it's, it's always, you don't really have to like do very much. It's just something that gets cataloged in there. Like, is that not true or like.
1: I don't think that's true. I've, 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 I'm not out of the box anyway. I, I'm pretty sure it's extensible because all software catalog entities are basically described using YAML. So there's a there's a YAML hmm. stanza that, that describes those things. It's a well-documented uh, stanza as well. So there's lots of information about that on the um, backstage documentation site. But I don't remember anything in sort of componentry that, that really uh, goes down to that level of detail about a component. But yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that it can't be. It could be extensible. So it could be that you can extend those stanzas and add other uh, or new types of stanzas to them. Again, it all comes down to the amount of customization that you're prepared to expend. And if you right. are going to go to that sort of level of customization, I'd urge you to work with the community to see if that can be um, sent upstream, you know, so that so that other users can benefit from it. Because uh, I'm pretty sure, like 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 you've identified, there'd be lots of folks who'd be interested in that. And you should, folks out there, if I'm getting this wrong, just tell us. Tell us in the sh- in the comments. Tell us uh, online if you're online with us now. Come and join the chat and tell us. Right? If I'm getting it wrong, just tell me.
0: And okay. So, so then, okay. So for my little project, w- which is like, I want to know, uh, basically it's like, I want to know which version of the JVM Java projects are using. Right. Cause that's, that's more or less what I'm querying. And the reason I want to know that is because like, I don't like the new agreements for the, uh, the Oracle JVM. I want to go to another one. And, um, so in that instance, as you were saying, what you need to do, Backstage doesn't do the following for you. It's not going to tell you inside the project which which version of the JVM is being used. Now, getting that information can be simple, right? Because in each project, they have to build it. So the first thing is you could ask the team to just manually update that. But as we discussed, that doesn't work, right? Like they're just, the junior developer is needs to go like pick up their kids and forgets to do that you know, three months yeah, ago. Yeah, and
1: I better say straight away, there's no way in a Java project to tell exactly which brand of JVM it's going to run on. The two are completely mm-hmm. separate. So the... Right right, 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 right. Right, so, okay, so you, that, that's, that's even better. Con- you'd always have to look at the container.
0: That That is a fantastic point, right? Because what you really want to look at for that is the deployment configuration, right? Yeah. Like, not only... And then and then you're bringing in you want to look at depending on how you run things you want to see what your what your what JVM you're running in development testing staging and production and then all the various combinations of that depending on region and department and things like that like you could be whatever so you yeah. could be actually running multiple JVMs and maybe the license agreement you know for Dev, whatever I don't know all this stuff. I think that's these a,
1: days, though, it would be containers, really, wouldn't it? You'd be you'd be interested in which container base yes. layers those software uh, those those components are being run on top of. So you, you write your Java project, but it's going to run on a base layer container. You know what is that container and um, what JVM right. is included with that container? So I think this is a container problem. Now we've and and we'll so okay, bit more.
0: so so then so this is the whole other well whatever i'm going to hold that off for a bit but like so there's kind of two routes that you go down there depending on how your organization keeps track of its build artifacts i'm I'm trying to be vague in, in in my my language there and my understanding is if you're doing things in a cloud native way which is to say running on kubernetes or whatever what you basically do is you build up images container images and probably your developers don't do that. Like they do that for development, but when it comes to deploying in production, in theory, the developers don't just give you an image and you just run that. I, I don't know though. Like, I think this is, I don't know if this is established, but it's not like the old days where like, you would say like, here's a, a war file, just load that up into our production web sphere and maybe change the, the configuration around it a little bit. Whereas- Yeah, I like. Think- like for example, the Cloud Foundry way of doing things is like the developers don't build the binary ever, right? Like, and, and so you would have a manifest, the developer would basically deliver like a manifest in the not letting the developers build it up where they say, I'd like you to run on this operating system, on this container that we have and put this code in it and give it this configuration so it can access the network. And then you, whoever does this can build this stuff, right? And in that case to get the version of the v- the JVM you are running it's probably in like the manifest somewhere right like you just know that because of the way you built this container it includes this JVM so now you know the version and then you can go update that in the metadata for the project and then you're done more or less <laughs> but like but like knowing how to do that backstage doesn't do any of that of course right and like you would in fact If you're following a standard way of doing that, like if you're using the Tanzu suite of doing things, I like the way I pronounced it there, right? Where like in theory, if you're using the Tanzu application platform, there's all sorts of tools in there that do everything I just kind of described, right? Like build up your images, assemble your images for production, track which version you're using for things, blah, blah, blah. And so there's a plugin in the Tanzu application platform somewhere, you know, in this world that I'm creating, that would just do that for you because you're following the convention of how you build and configure your deployable artifacts.
1: Yeah, with Tanzu, you have the concept of a secure software supply chain, you know, that's built into Tanzu application platform to, a, to a, a different extent. It's also built into the Tanzu application service as well, as you mentioned, you know, based on uh, Cloud Foundry. So. You are sure then where your you have less mystery meat in, in mm. your containers that way, right? Because they follow a prescribed um build right. route in And and you build. can
0: you can you can trust the manifest. I mean, if, yeah. if, if it says it was built this way, then you know there's whatever however many nines of, of certainty that it, it was built that way. And then also because there's um what do you like drift remediation because it tries to enforce this stuff, then you can Through a high degree of nines of precision, you can trust that it's actually, it hasn't drifted away from that because it's blah, blah, blah. All all that usual stuff. Repaving, I think we like to call it.
1: Yeah, and with the Tanzu application platform, we do um, software bill of materials. So we follow a standard for that bill of materials to produce it and uh, store it away in a metadata store. So then you could see Backstage being able to benefit from that by having plugins that can then go and have a look in that metadata store and tell you things about the software that's been built. And we have plugins for that in... Uh, the, the, we call it the Tanzu developer portal is based on backstage. So we have uh, backstage plugins for that in, in our platform, but they're not, uh, they're not available elsewhere at the moment.
0: Right. That's, that's like something that gets added on. And then just to add, just to kind of complete it out in my head, cause I also like hearing myself think out loud, uh, like, like there's a third thing you could do, and I'm pretty sure you could do this. Like if, if you are using like spring applications, I think they're usually instrumented at runtime you could query what do you call it the actuators on there and it probably knows the version of the jvm it's running so in 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 theory you could set up a script that actually like queries your stuff in production and goes to each of the the running applications and says like tell me what version of the jvm you're using and you could batch that up to run once or you could run it on a daily basis and then that would basically just pull in a bunch of stuff and then your plugin would take that and then use the api i assume there's apis in backstage and then it would call all the apis in backstage and just like update that or or something or maybe maybe even your plugin what you have to do is you load up your the 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 web page for your backstage project like the ledger and you press a little button that says go figure out the current version of the vm and it's just once you p- click on that button, it goes and queries the account. I mean, again, I'm ludicrously simplifying this, but it connects to whatever the, the ledger p- project is running in production. And it finds the spring actuator stuff. And it's like, hey, what version of the JVM are you running? And then that returns back. And then it updates that little widget on, on,
1: on the, yes. the page. If I mean, that would spring. that would
0: be an absurd way to do things almost. No, okay. But, you, but you, maybe you, not.
1: If you're on spring and if you've added the actuators, then yes, you could do that. Yeah.
0: But, there, right. but there's
1: also there's also another way, a fourth way, I guess. I don't know. I've lost count of the ways now. But a fourth way would be your application monitoring suite you know if you've got right. some sort of apm suite then that would be yet another way where you could maybe totally. find out at runtime because those those um those suites do tend to um have a lot of metadata about the applications that are running so there's there's yeah there's more than one way to. Crack but this.
0: so so the takeaway from all the takeaway my, my conclusion from all that is is you could easily do this if you can easily get the information. That information being for the ledger project, and we'll simplify it, which version of the JVM are you running in production within a 24-hour window right now or 24 hours ago, right? And like you're saying, you could be using your um, your, your monitoring, logging, observability tools, and it could just know like we've got the ledger application running in production, here's all the information that we collected about it, right? And you could probably extract that out from the JVM version, from log files, from querying things, whatever, right? But it's just something that it knows. So your plugin would just like, you would give it the credentials to connect to your your production management system and it would just pull that, done, right? Or scenario one was the team manually updates this. So that's easy. They enter it in and it's done, but it's very error prone. Or you could say, uh the way that we 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 do our building and deploying of applications there's always like i imagine it's a yaml file there's always some yaml file somewhere that you can go get that says JVM version is it colon or equal i don't know yaml like you know equals this and then you have it and and you trust what's in that yaml file and then that's it and then and then you can have have that updated but going to the Data architecture, going to the data architecture of backstage, there's nothing in the data architecture that says when you register the ledger project, you have to tell me the version of the JVM you're running like that, that doesn't really like that's not enforced at all.
1: No, there's very few uh, mandatory uh, metadata items for a catalogue entry. Actually, this is very flexible, Uh, gives you a lot of ability to choose not to provide certain amount certain information if you don't have it or you, you um you don't use use it you know it's not relevant to your organization so th- there are very few i I can't think off the top of my head exactly which ones they are but they're going to be things like um you know catalog entry name and stuff like that are going to be mandatory but after that it's very flexible
0: so so okay so to check in at this point with so backstage uh it it basically defines like i'm going to use this word again but your 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 information architecture for all the software things in your organization here's like a project page we assume most all projects have an api so like that's going to be in there it has a name it also has the team and the people on the team who are associated with this project and and like that's kind of what you get out of the box but and and i don't mean that in like oh that's it because Oh no, no,
1: that's not it. No, no, but yeah, carry on.
0: And 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 then so so the other thing that's very important about at least what I just described is like it's a implemented convention for how to do all of that. That that is de facto. I wouldn't say it's a standard because it hasn't been around for like ten years, but like that is an attempt at just a de facto standard of how we represent all of these things. In in a similar way that like intentional or not, like if you go look at projects on GitHub, they're all kind of comprehensible, no, no matter what they all, right? Like they all have a readme file. They all tend to have, they identify who a person is. They identify like the number of commit, like all this kind of, th- which this is a whole other discussion of like, so why don't you just use GitHub? But whatever. No, no. Well-
1: so, so here's a key difference actually, which are not highlighted yet, but not only is this software catalog able to, Hold information about all the components that you've written in your um, in your organization over the years it can also link them together with linkages and draw that as a graph.
0: Ah, right, right. Okay, now that's get any a big that deal.
1: With, So with GitHub, you don't get that, right? You can have a look at a project, but to understand how it relates to other things around it, whether those are resources like databases, whether they're groups of people uh, or, or yeah. individuals, or whether they're other components and other APIs, you don't see any of
0: that. You just see okay. the Okay, so, so how... How is that achieved in Backstage?
1: Again, through the through the YAML stanza, there's the ability to link a component to other components. So you can mm. say, okay, this component delivers this API. And like, so, oh, well, I've got an API document about that. So those two must be linked together. So in the GUI, you'll see a graph which shows you, okay, this software solution offers this API, it's written by this group of people, it belongs to this system, which also has these other microservices in it.
0: Oh, that so so it actually can, so it, Backstage can do a lot of that on its own if the, the things you're linking to are in Backstage, right? So, okay, that, that makes a lot, I mean, whereas if you had a project that's not in Backstage, let's say, let's say you've got some mainframe system that you're using that's for whatever reason, doesn't have a backstage project yet. Like I'm assuming you would have to like manually add that relationship in there.
1: Yeah, and it's very useful to do that. I I did an exercise recently where I wanted to try and explain all the different componentry that comes with the Tanzu application platform because there are lots of different running containers when you build the platform out and you have the um, application engine, I guess you would call it, running in the yeah. in the background. You've got lots of different pods running lots of different stuff. So I wanted to show how all that stuff relates together. And the fact that yeah. it's also built atop the Kubernetes API. And you can do that with a backstage catalog. So I cataloged the Tanzu application platform as a backstage catalog.
0: And it works That makes well. sense. So, so you have a good, you, I, mean, I mean, another word you can use is like you can see the dependencies between everything. Or yeah. what's the, po- the positive version of dependency, the support? like dependency is kind of like a pejorative <laughs> word in software development, but you know, my children are dependent on me and not in a bad way. And and so like, there's, there's the, uh, the support, the support the help you be awesome uh, at that, see that you have. Uh, yeah. The, the reliances and alliances. Um, so that is something that like, again, is, you know, whatever, there's always like the data has to be there, but it is, more or less something that you just get out of the box with backstage if you're using it in in that proper way. Okay, so yeah, so I was saying so that's what's in backstage and you're like, no, no, there's all these other things. So what are the other things that my my summary there was missing?
1: Uh, another really good um, feature that you can uh, add to your uh, backstage is the idea of having a software template. So Mm -hmm. earlier, we were talking about Spring in some detail. So say you wanted to ensure that when developers start a new Spring project, they add the actuators so that you can then go and introspect what's happening inside that particular uh, Spring application at runtime. Then you could create a template that says, okay, for a Spring project, you start with this version of Spring and you add these um, different, um, uh, what do they call them, packages to uh, to that spring project, and it's already built for you. So you can then take that template, and all those things have already been brought together and integrated, and you can hit the ground running, just start working on your code. and not having to worry about, oh, I need to bring in this library, and I need to bring in that resource, and I need to do, whatever you need to do in your organization to get started with a component you can turn all that into a template so that or multiple you know many many templates so you can have a template that can help you get started with practically any project that you want to and we've seen these used in incredibly inventive ways we've we've seen for example inside uh, VMware folks creating templates to install tanzu application platform or to um do um uh, machine learning and machine learning operations where you know you're building out certain items of a pipeline in a machine learning uh, task for example so we've seen all sorts of really inventive ways alongside the regular kind of okay i'm starting a spring boot rest project you know let's make sure i've got spring boot web and i've got um actuators and i've got you know database um uh ready to go all in the same template so they can be used for some very inventive things
0: so so okay that sounds cool and when you say template Hmm. like like across what does that mean it actually does like because like you know java is pretty widespread but let's say like uh, i don't know i'm making an erlang project like does backstage ship with like now you can have an erlang project or like like is the template just specifying like is it just telling the developers they should have these things or does it actually like a new developer comes in and it completely just sets up their development environment and all the files and stuff that they need, like what does the yeah, template that, actually do?
1: The, the template uh, describes the um, coding project in real terms. So in, in terms of the, f- the files and the folder structures needed for that particular project to be able to open into an IDE, for example, they could all be there inside the template plus some customization options so that the templating system that you get along with Backstage allows you to, again, specify some YAML that will allow you to uh, customize the project that is spat out by the project generator inside uh, the backstage system oh, so okay okay you, you can customize you know the name of the project some simple things of course uh, you know the name of the project or which type of database you're going to use or maybe um uh, more complicated things uh, you know maybe you want to set up a very specific uh, I, I don't know um static final stuff that should be available in each right. one of these projects right you can do all that
0: so so there's the uh, what what did you call the thing in backstage that does this the project
1: they they call generator? it uh, so- software templates yeah but it's got an engine behind it that can customize those templates based okay. on instructions that you put into your uh, into your templated yaML file
0: so so what you would be doing again in our, our, our and and then maybe maybe we'll wrap up part one. And then if you'll deign to do it, we'll have a part two where we talk about like how you like install and run all of this stuff. Cause we haven't even gotten to the the part that I'm like a little confused about is like, you you run this on Kubernetes. Yes, no. Or what's the, rela- you know, what's the relation to the Kubernetes world is a whole other realm of backstagery that I think would be fun to talk about. But so coming back, uh, cause you know, this is the thing that we've learned working for pivotal and VMware is the uh, the ability to run your magic infrastructure is sometimes 70% of what's valuable and update it, never mind the actual development stuff. But uh, I just made up some number there. That was, you know, instead of saying 80% all the time, I say 70. Have you ever noticed that? Because that whole, that whole like 60, 40, 80, 20, what is it, the Pareto principle? I'm just per, like, that. Horatio,
1: Pareto real. There you yeah, go, 80, 20, so, yeah.
0: so just go down to 70, 30 and you can just be sloppy without sounding like that. <laughs> you're sloppy because it's like oh you're right everything occurs 80 20 in the world just like all those smooth curves on charts that i see but anyhow uh so you have the 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 the, the project template generator thing which is in in backstage and so what the outcome you would want to achieve with that is across your three things of, of login ledger and transfer um you would be saying i am going to specify what each of these projects looks like what the directory structure looks like, the files that they start with, like the, you don't have to learn what the project layout looks like and what the, the, what components they use if they all started from the same template, because whenever we,
1: whenever we we started to go on. It's more than that though. It's also codifying your best practices. Yeah. So if if you're in an organization like a bank and you know that you need to include a particular library for security reasons or whatever it might be, you can add that to the template. You can create a golden path for developers. So when they're starting a new project, they will use that template and will automatically benefit from you codifying in all those things that they shouldn't forget right don't forget to do this don't forget to do that
0: right right right
1: to... that's the that's the beauty of it it's codifying those best practices into the template that gives you that ability to say this is how we write software here
0: as right right and, and so it's how not how it's it's, it's, it's not only not only a a directory structure and copying files around but it's saying which versions of things to use or as as you're kind of getting to to use something Right? Like, yes. like you need to use this thing or, or for whatever, right? Like you need to have for the login, you should have passkey support, right? Like you've got to have that in there now. Now does that like get enforced or does it just establish this metadata for you? And then when you go to like your, uh, your build automation thing, your build automation thing has to actually pay attention to that metadata and and use it.
1: No, it's not enforced as such. So, so in our example from earlier, the the ledger and the uh, transfer, and you know, there are existing components already written. The templates don't really help you with that at all. So it's for future stuff. Right. You know, the next thing that I'm going to write is going to be well templated. But it can, you know, it, it can and, and would include all the stuff that you would need to get started in a good way and possibly to get started with Backstage in a good way. So, for example, one of the things that you might codify into the template might be that it should have an API description in open API language so that when it goes right. through a supply chain and ends up in production, you've still got the ability to understand what the API is for that thing using the built-in API viewer that's in Backstage that understands open API, for example.
0: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Well, good. I, I think... So do you, do you think there's anything else we should mention at this kind of like... Like I, I would call this part the... Uh, what Backstage does out of the box and almost, and also like how it wants you to think. Like there's a certain like, to use a jokey phrase for it, there's a certain like lifestyle that Backstage wants its developers to, to be following, right? In the same way that you could say, you know, if you're using, we take, we take these things for granted, but you know, if you're using version control, your version control system has a kind of way it wants you to think and a lifestyle that it wants you to follow. Right. And so like, there's a kind of like philosophy of how you do multiple team, multi-project software inside an organization that backstage is kind of like codifying, if you will. And I think, I think we've kind of gone over that and then we have the basics of, of the, uh, what it does out of the box, you know, aside, aside from talking more about plugins or the whole, like how you install and, and the runtime environment of backstage, like is there anything else you think we're missing that's vital?
1: No, I, I don't think so. I don't think missing vital. No, I wouldn't think so. I think uh, I think we've we've talked quite a lot about the sort of core parts of it. So
0: yeah, I'm very happy. Perfect. With that. All right. Well, great. Well, well, thanks for educating me. You know, I, I often uh, I, I enjoy learning things, and it's it's uh, I'm always reminded of that when I learn something, and and then and then the downside of that is like if to be reminded that I like to learn things would indicate I don't learn things frequently enough so anyways it's uh well
1: can i i I think one thing i would add is that if folks want to have a a a very sort of basic taste of what backstage is all about then go to demo.backstage.io because you can instantly see a very basic version of backstage and have a play around with this with the software catalog there's already some software added to the catalog you can have a look around the apis that are included with that and you can get a a, a feel for the tech docs as well and what they can, uh, also add to the experience. So go and have a look at that. Um, and, and play about, play about with the search as well. Search, we didn't even mention search, but there's a very uh, good search facility in backstage that can search through all that componentry, all those tech docs, all those APIs for you and surface things up that you're, that you're interested in.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I guess it is worth detailing a little bit before we wrap up like the, the, uh, like, like a major outcome that backstage wants to deliver is discovery, right? Like browsing and discovering something, which I think, I think it's easy, not, not easy, but like, you have to know that that's a problem because if you're just like doing your own development on the public internet, like that's solved. Like you don't really, you can find what you need, like through a combination of Google stack exchange and searching on GitHub, like, it's all there. Whereas inside a large organization, it is not. Oh, hell <laughs> right, no. like, no. like it's it's very hard to just find anything inside of a large organization. Uh, and yeah. so, just like having good search and solving that problem is tremendous, right? Like that yeah. almost would be enough.
1: Uh, oh, and in and in productivity terms, you know, the time wasted looking for stuff is astonishing. You know, quite often, yeah. especially if you're trying to pull together. You know, API documentation from all sorts of different sources across different business units or whatever, it can be an absolute nightmare. So I, I really do appreciate what what's being attempted with Backstage to solve many of those problems.
0: Well, if you've listened this far and you don't subscribe to our podcast, Tanzu Talk, you'll definitely be interested in it. So you should go to TanzuTalk.com or search around in your uh, your podcast app. What do they call it in the Linux world? What do they call it? Podcast? Do they call it a catcher still?
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's just a podcast. Uh, I'm not sure if gnome, but like
0: the has- the actual app that you use that like downloads it for you so you can listen to it.
1: I don't know if GNOME has a default app for podcasts. That's a that's a good ah. that would be a good addition to the GNOME circle, folks. If uh, the GNOME circle folks are out there, uh, maybe a, maybe a podcasting app would be a good addition. I don't know if there is one. Out the box. well
0: there we are just discovering things right and left bringing value also we uh we live stream we live stream most of these if you subscribe to our VMware Tanzu uh YouTube channel and the videos there as well but you can just go to TanzuTalk.com and look this up and find it and then hopefully we'll get around to it parts two and maybe even three of what's in backstage because I think it would be it'd be fascinating to talk about the world of plugins not only what they are and how they work and how you do them but also like how they play into the whole ecosystem of stuff right and and in that conversation it'd be fun to talk about like how backstage fits into like the tanzu application platform and like where the lines are and how it's used and things like that but then also like i keep alluding to it also be good to know like so you, if you're a backstage admin what do you do like what 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 does that look like and where does it run and then uh so forth and so on so hopefully we'll get around to that but uh with that we'll see everyone next time bye bye